Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi everyone and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As always, I'm your host Shravan. We've got Tyrone here with us. Hey everyone. And we're going to be talking about the Suicide Squad with the key word being the. The. Yeah. That's the only thing that differentiates the title from the 2016 Suicide Squad. But from now on, I guess we'll call it the good one and the bad one because one of them's good and one of them's bad. And you'll find out which one's which. The first one was disappointing, I think more than anything. And it's not good. It's not good, but it's disappointing. Well, we've talked. I think we've spent a lot of episodes. Have we about talked it. about it before? Yeah, I think we, when we did the DC tier list. So we, we've done a DC EU tier list up till Wonder Woman eighty four, I think, and we talked about it in there, and it scored the lowest in that. I thought it. I thought BVS was worse. BV, I, I thought BVS was more disappointing than Suicide Squad, and I think Justice League. The the weeded cut is worse. Justice League. Well, we, when we did the tier list, they, both of those ranked higher than, than Suicide Squad. So yeah, but yeah. in my opinion, they're worse than the first yeah. Suicide Squad. But saying that, it's not a good movie. We still haven't definitively answered the question whether this one is the good one or Suicide Squad twenty sixteen is the bad one. So you're going to find out. I think we have definitively answered it, but <laughs> it's anyway, still, it's still yeah. up in the air. So rest assured. So I know this is this has come out pretty recently so rest assured that if you haven't seen the suicide squad james gunn suicide squad we won't be doing any spoilers at least for the first half of the episode so it'll be all non-spoiler spoiler free and we will clearly signal when we're doing spoilers so you can keep listening do you want some james james gunn background info yeah why not i was going to give a bit of background info on the movie but we can do the first thing i have is it's directed by james gunn so let's do some james yeah okay In terms of background info, I know nothing about his life, but recently he's been in a bit of a Twitter feud with Martin Scorsese. Okay. Well, it's not really a Twitter feud. So initially he's like, I don't know what the initial tweet was, but I saw the secondary tweet when he's like, I never criticized Martin Scorsese. I think he's a really good filmmaker and his work has made a lot of his stuff 
and he like he likes all his stuff. But he's like the only thing I disagree about him when he says that superhero films aren't cinema. And so that was what he tweeted, and then someone retweeted that to Martin Scorsese, and then Martin Scorsese tweeted, "I don't know who he is," <laughs> which is which is kind Scorsese of an alpha move, Twitter? but. I think it's either a fake one or it's... Um, I feel like he's... Let me check. Let me check. I feel like he's... You reckon he's too old for Twitter? Yeah, I, I think he's beyond the age group for Twitter. Uh, he just doesn't look like a guy that would be on Twitter. It could have been fake because I just saw this on Facebook and they always make fake shit. Is it a verified account? If it is, then it's... No. Him, but, yeah. Oh, what? Martin Scorsese? has he. Yeah. Should have the little blue tick, I think, if it's verified. No, nah, I don't think it's him. So, it's fake. <laughs> Unless he hasn't verified his account, which is also possible, but... Wait, let me let me double check just to make sure it's not some weird name. But the James Gunn tweet was real. Yeah, the James Gunn, because, yeah, well, he's yeah. he's definitely on, on Twitter. Either way, it, it also wouldn't surprise me if we didn't know who James Gunn was. So, it, it could also be true. Wait, wait, I think, I think it's real. No? Nah. Where's, where's the tick show up? So, if you go to James Gunn's one, he should have a tick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's he'd be verified. Oh yeah, no, nah, it's not real. Yeah. yeah, he's not real. Okay, <laughs> the James Gunn one is true though. He disagrees with Martin Scorsese on that on that front. So that's the background I have. That's all the research I've done for today. Oh great! See you guys yeah. in the next episode. Yeah, that's it. Hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got it. you got some fake news out of it. <laughs> you got some fake news from me, and I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if. Martin Scorsese didn't know who James Gunn was either. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I probably don't think he does, does he? Is he is he big enough for him to know? I don't, I don't think he's big enough for him to know. I think Martin- James Gunn is pretty big, but he's not Martin Scorsese big. Like yeah. he would know, he would know like Denny Villeneuve or something. He'd like know, that's like, who would Chris be in his Nolan circle. And those guys, yeah, whoever won the Oscar last year, you would know him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who I can't remember who won the Oscar last. Can't year. remember. Oh, it yeah. was um. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Okay. He probably, he probably know doesn't it. know Chloe Zhao, he actually. Know <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, he, I think he'd only know, like... He only knows white white filmmakers that are old. <laughs> are we calling him racist? Is this a... Is- nah, nah, he's not racist. He's not, well, I don't know him, so he might, he might be, but I don't think he is. <laughs> yeah. no, There's nothing he's put out there that makes me think he's racist. I, th- I think he'd know, like, Kevin Feige. He'd probably know Kevin Feige and... Because... Um, he he knows about the Marvel movies. He has a deep hatred for superhero movies. I guess he knows. He probably knows Zack Snyder though. Is Zack Snyder big enough? I don't know. I don't know. He probably knows of them. I don't think he watches the movies. Well, when we, when we get Martin Scorsese on as a guest soon, <laughs> we'll ask him. We'll ask him if he's a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up, like, the first yeah. question. <laughs> we we're wondering. Um, are you racist? <laughs> okay, well, let's get into proper background now. Yeah. Some more background on The Suicide Squad. So, as we've already established, it's directed by James Gunn, who he hasn't actually directed that many movies, I realised. Like, I think he's only directed three before Guardians. He did Superhero Movie, was it? I think, it was, I think it's called Super and Slither. Or is- Super, yeah, that's right, yeah. One of them has... Uh- Dwight, Dwight from The Office, and the other one is a horror movie, which I've never seen. One of them has Nathan Fillion, right? Super. That's Slither, I think. And I think all of them have Michael Rooker. Yeah, he loves a bit of Michael Rooker. 
He's in all of his movies, but he won't be in Guardians 3 because he killed him off. Unless he comes back. Who knows? Flashback, maybe. All right. So it's obviously based on Suicide Squad, the comic. This particular movie is based on a run from John Ostrander, who actually has a cameo in this movie. I was going to mention the trivia, but he's it's a very small cat. You you don't even if you don't know how it looks like, you wouldn't even know it's him. Sorry, who who is this? John Ostrander, who did the comic book, who wrote the comic book run, the new comic book run. So in the eighties, they did a reboot of Suicide Squad, and that's when most of the characters that we know now in Suicide Squad came up. So the original Suicide Squad was like the fifties Suicide Squad was very different. Okay, it's starring. A lot of different people. So there's some new cast. There's some new cast members that have joined. But so this is, it is, but it also isn't a sequel to the Suicide Squad 2016 Suicide Squad. So it is a sequel because it's got characters returning, but it's also. I think it's in the same universe. There's nothing contradicting the previous movies. I guess so. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. So it is, I guess it is a sequel, but. It's also... It's not a direct sequel. It's also kind of disconnected from everything else as well. This could be in the same universe as the Suicide Squad, but you don't need to watch that movie to understand this movie. That's right, yeah. So, returning characters are Viola Davis, so she's back as Amanda Waller. Joel Kinnaman is back as Rick Flagg. Margot Robbie, well, she's done another movie as Harley Quinn already, but she's back as Harley Quinn. New members joining, Idris Elba, John Cena... Peter Capaldi, a few other people. So it's a big cost. It's also got that Australian guy returning. Yes, Jai Courtney. He's a Jai Courtney, yeah. character as well as, what's his name? Captain Boomerang? Is that his name? Captain Boomerang, yeah. yeah. Chuck Harkness Boomerang. Digger. Oh, is that his actual I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's his actual name. Okay. Digger yeah. Harkness. Sorry, I said the wrong way around. Digger Harkness, yeah. He's very Australian. It came out a couple of days ago, so it's a simultaneous release in cinemas and on HBO Max, which is great because a lot of people are in lockdown at the moment. So, yeah, that gave us an opportunity to watch it. Cinemas are open where you are, then you can watch it in the cinemas. That's all I had. Budget-wise, it's $185 million, so it's a pretty big budget movie. I think it's on par with the Guardian's budgets. Some other background. So David Ayer, who was the director of the first Suicide Squad, he was expected to actually return for this one, but he decided to develop a Gotham City Sirens movie instead. Which got cancelled. Which got cancelled. And, well, it got, <laughs> yeah. it got semi-cancelled. It, it, got, it got transformed into the Birds of Prey movie, essentially. Which he did direct anyway. So he didn't direct, but I think he was a producer on that one. And what happened with this one, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, but James Gunn did some, he made some tweets a long time ago, which Disney didn't like, and they fired him very momentarily. And DC or Warner Bros. took the opportunity to hire him to direct this movie in that gap. I think it was like a gap of like two months or something. And basically they hired him and then Disney rehired him. So they got him back, but he started work on this one. So. Essentially, if Disney didn't fire James Gunn, this movie wouldn't have happened. Yeah, so thank you, Disney, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not, because maybe it's bad. Maybe it's shit, yeah. yeah. Haven't said it Who yet. knows? Maybe not thank you, Disney. And there's going to be a follow-up to this in terms of a TV show with Peacemaker, which is a character in this movie, played by John Cena. And they also mentioned, uh, Wanda has also mentioned, that they are planning other things with James Gunn. So it could be movies or other spin-off TV shows. Quickly going to the comic book origins. So I've already kind of given away this, but I always ask you this anyway. When do you think the Suicide Squad first debuted in the comics? Uh, you d- you mentioned this earlier in the episode, well, I think. Now I'm testing but you. Now I'm testing whether you yeah, actually Yeah, I wasn't. 
I was listening. So <laughs> if that, I was, was it in the seventies, uh, eighties? No. So you definitely weren't listening. I, I weren't listening. Yeah, yeah. So it was in September nineteen fifty nine. So it was in the fifties, uh, late fifties, in the comic Brave and Bold issue number twenty five, and in the original Suicide Squad. Let's see if you recognize any of these people. So the original team members were physicist Jess Bright, astronomer Dr. Hugh Evans, Rick Flagg Jr., the team leader, and Karen Grace, the flight medic. What a team. Mm. Suit star-studded. Yeah, and they're, they're all from different academic backgrounds. Like there's a physicist, there's an astronomer, there's Rick Flagg Jr., who I'm guessing he's just an army guy. And Karen Grace, who's a flight medic. Got all bases covered. So that's got written all over that. So what happened after that was there was a reboot in 1987. And that run was written by John Ostrander, who's the... So basically this comic book run inspired James Gunn to make this movie. So it's based off that. And over the years, there's been multiple changes to the Suicide Squad. So... The original Amanda, it's called Amanda Waller's Squad, which is the first run of the first new run from 1987 onwards. That team had people like Rick Flagg again. So is he Rick Flagg Jr.? He's always referred to as Rick Flagg Jr. So he must be Rick Flagg Jr. He must be, yeah. Unless, unless, maybe not. Maybe this is Rick Flagg Sr. Maybe. Other people in that original team were Bronze Tiger. Don't know who that is. Captain Boomerang was in it. I don't know who Bronze Tiger is. He's in one of the TV shows. He's in Arrow, I think. Is he a bad guy? Yeah, yeah, like anti-villain. Deadshot was in the original Suicide Squad. Joker was in the original Suicide Squad. Enchantress. I guess DC has an Enchantress as well. Yeah, she's in the first Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Is that... She's was Cara Delevingne. Yeah. He was yeah. Enchantress. I, I completely forgot yeah. that movie. But yeah, she is Enchantress. <laughs> I remember now. <laughs> yeah. There's other characters like Nightshade, Oracle, Poison Ivy who had been in the original Suicide Squad. And then what happened after that was they had a relaunch in 2014. Well, firstly, between 2011 and 2014, that's the first time Harley Quinn debuted in the Suicide Squad. So Harley Quinn wasn't... She only became a character from the Batman animated series, which was in the 90s. So she was only added to the Suicide Squad in 2011, so pretty recently. 2014, there was a relaunch. So in that team, they had... Black Manta, who we saw in uh, Aquaman, right? Aquaman. Yeah, Captain Boomerang, he was always in it. Cheetah. Who was he in Wonder Woman? Deadshot, who was Will Smith in the first one. Deathstroke, who's actually in this universe as well. Joe Manganiello. El Diablo, who was in the first he's one. He was in the first one. Joker's yeah. daughter. The character's name is Joker's daughter. Okay, I didn't know Joker had a daughter, but fair enough. Parasite, which is the uh, Oscar-winning 2020 movie. <laughs> I know who Parasite is as well. He steals people's powers. Okay, well, that makes sense. Harley Quinn, Reverse Flash, and Katana. Katana was in the first Suicide Squad. Katana right? was in the first one as well. So that 2014 squad looks a lot more like the one they used in the 2016 movie. And then the latest, Volume 7 of Suicide Squad, which is now running, 2021, has Peacemaker, Nocturna, Superboy, Talon, and Culebra. I've heard of Talon, but I can't. It's not coming to. I can't remember what it is at the moment. But I've heard of Talon. Okay. And Superboy's Super Man's. Superman's clone. And Peacemakers in this movie. Nocturna. I think she's just a uh, burglar or something. She's like. I think she's a Batman villain. Basically, it ranges from obscure to some some known characters. Like there's some known villains like Poison Ivy and 
things like that. But usually it's pretty obscure characters, smaller villains. That's all I had on Comic Book Origins. Do you want to mention anything else? Nah, not really. All right. That pretty much covers it. I don't know a lot about the Suicide Squad comic. I've never read one. And I've never seen, like, there's cartoon movies as well. I've never seen it before. Apparently it's pretty good. All right, we'll jump into our thoughts. So this is all still non-spoiler. Now it's a moment of truth where we tell everyone whether it's good or bad. Firstly, you were anticipating the first Suicide Squad quite a bit, I remember, back in 2016. So did it leave you hanging? Uh, Like, what do you mean? Like, did it have a cliffhanger ending? (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) There's this scene where Amanda Waller gives Bruce Wayne some files at the end. (laughs) I guess that let... That left me kind of hacking. <laughs> well, is this one to die for then? Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Nah, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like- the Jungle Cruise was the only one where you're allowed to do it. <laughs> this, I thought these are killer jokes. Nah, nah. Too bad. Nah. Stop. Stop right gonna, now. I was going to make more jokes on on Suicide Squad, but um, I thought it would be the end of me. Okay, that's all I've had. That's all I've planned. That's uh, that's it. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I put them all into a, a short segment where it's called "Jokes <laughs> About Suicide Squad." So that's um, th- that's the end of that segment. Hope you enjoyed. I'm glad. I'm glad it's <laughs> over. It felt like it went forever. <laughs> so, what's the story of this one? Let's let's jump into the story. Uh, we don't want to go too much into it without spoiling anything, but I think. Uh, if you've seen the first one, it's pretty similar to that. Amanda Waller recruits a bunch of villains to do some secret operative uh, mission, and she puts bobs in their heads. Correct, yeah, and they're basically disposable. They're seen as being disposable because they're villains. Yeah, we'll jump into more details in spoilers. So we can jump into positives and negatives. So, And we'll try not to compare too much to the Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. Did you know that 2016 movie won an Oscar? Oh, for what? Visual effects. I think it was like costumes or something. Yeah, something like oh, okay. some, some technical aspect. But yeah, it's, it's Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. Maybe we should call it that, the Oscar-winning <laughs> Suicide Squad and just the normal Suicide Squad. But positives-wise, I'll start with this because not many people will probably say this. They'll jump into like the normal James Gunn stuff that he does in movies, but I thought the movie was quite visually spectacular. We watched it via streaming, so I just watched it on my monitor. I didn't even watch it on my TV. But it was pretty full of life and colour, and it was just bright and beautifully shot. Particularly the scenes with Harley Quinn, they were just very... They just popped. There was a lot of colour on the screen, which I liked. And then uh, I was just watching... Um, I wasn't watching the previous Suicide Squad, but like I was watching clips of it. That movie just looked so dark. <laughs> it, just, mm. it just looked bad. It, just looked it has bad. the regular DC palette, which is dark, dark alleyways. Yeah. Just, and everything needs to be very, like, not bright. <laughs> no colours allowed. I guess if, if the movie is needs to be dark, then it makes sense, but this one didn't need to be. Tonally as well, it's not a dark movie. It's much more of a fun, entertaining movie, so I think it, it just matched well with what they were going for. It is definitely Guardians of the Galaxy DC version. <laughs> I would say so. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. It sort of isn't. So Guardians of the Galaxy is... It is James Gunn doing a Marvel movie, whereas here I think it's just James Gunn doing his movie and it fits into a DC universe. I think James Gunn was completely unleashed in this. Well, it's violent, it's R-rated, so he basically could do whatever he wanted in terms of that. 
But I think it's very, it's like Guardians-esque because it's a bunch of characters you've probably never heard of or don't care much about that he puts together into a team and it's like a team-up movie. And I think the main thing, because you can, the first Suicide Squad was also a team-up movie, but I think the difference here is that the characters, uh, even though they're so- yeah, exactly. <laughs> to keep it short, they're much better. Uh, but even though they're yeah. much, uh, they're like obscure. I don't know. I basically didn't know any characters in this, apart from the ones that were returning because we've seen them before. But I didn't know any of them, and he he adds enough depth to all the characters. They they all have a bit of a yeah, backstory. They've all fleshed out much better than they are in the previous one. Yeah, and I think the best parts in this movie. It's got a lot of action. It's got a lot of violence. A lot of humor, which you also expect from James Gunn. But I think the main part which I really liked was the quieter moments. There's there's moments where the movie actually slows down a bit uh, in a good way so that the characters have conversations. And they only last maybe, you know, two, two minutes, maybe five minutes. But those conversations were probably some of the best parts. Uh, there's one particular one between Idris Elba's character and this character called Ratcatcher 2 which I found was really good. Basically, those smaller character moments were really well done. The other thing is the stakes are super high because anyone can die. And it's established in the first sequence itself that anything can happen. So don't get too attached to characters. And that was with the first one as well. The stakes weren't high because it didn't feel like anyone could die (laughs) because they kill off off one character, which is like a useless character (laughs) in, in the first one. And then no one else pretty much dies for the whole thing. And it didn't feel like they would kill off Will Smith or they will kill off Harley Quinn or whatever. But in this, you're like, they might. They they could. Well, I will say that the characters are probably not as good as my favourite character from Suicide Squad, Slipknot, <laughs> which is a character you just talked about. The guy who can climb anything. The amount of depth that he got, I don't think um, they, they quite got to that level. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> If you guys don't remember, he's the guy that tries to escape in the first Suicide Squad and dies immediately. And, and he's also the only one. So each of the characters have like a little montage. Like they have like a little intro montage. He's the only one that doesn't get one, which is why he dies first, which is why he's the only one that dies, actually. The R rating, I think they use it to their advantage. But not excessively. I think it, it depends on your taste. This could be a negative for some people, but depending on your taste, this could be a bit too much for some people it could be too violent yeah look if you've watched deadpool and you've got through that this is it's probably just as violent as that it's yeah. probably about on par with deadpool yeah it's funny so you know the first suicide squad it was initially meant to be a completely different movie and two things happened so bvs didn't do well and deadpool did really well so they wanted uh suicide squad to become deadpool so they wanted they basically wanted this movie Back then, but they already made another. But movie. they already filmed it. Yeah, they already filmed another movie. Yeah, so they tried to do it in post production. Essentially, they tried to edit a movie. It's 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 funny. I, I don't know how they got away with it, but like, imagine making a whole movie and then you want to make another movie, but you don't have additional footage, so you have to use the footage that you have. You just use the footage you have to, to edit a different movie. movie. Well, how they did that was they used the footage and then they put songs in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this changes it, doesn't it? (laughs) It is a James Gunn movie through and through. I think it was his vision. It's got his style of humour, his style of creativity. I think one thing, it's a small thing, but I just think I thought it was pretty 
imaginative is the they have like little captions throughout the movie, but the captions like blend into the Yeah, that was cool. You always you always see captions in the movie where they like the words come off of the screen when they go to a different place to signify the place, but also at various different times it signifies time periods or whatever. But yeah, it was cool how he did it. I've never seen it done like that before. Yeah, it's like part of the yeah. the environment, which was yeah, which was very interesting. Like I said, the film does take time to breathe, so there's a lot happening. There's a lot of action, but the actual story itself is pretty simple. So it's the story is not convoluted. Like you, you can easily follow what's happening. It's it's you can probably summarize the story in like a sentence. But there's a lot of other things that are happening with characters or in terms of action. I think the main thing is. The characters are just interesting. Like, you do want more from them. Even, like, every single character is interesting. Whereas in the first one, probably not so much. Like, I didn't care about Killer Croc in the first one. I think in the first one, really, only Deadshot and Harley Quinn probably got a little bit of footage. Even then, they weren't done that well. I think Harley Quinn's actually done the best in this movie. I didn't really like Birds of Prey that much. It was fine. Harley Quinn was the best in Birds of Prey. She was better than what she was in Suicide Squad in Birds of Prey, but I think in this she's even better. And I always question, why would you get Harley Quinn? Like, what skills does she have? Like, Why would you need her in a Suicide Squad? It's not like she has superhuman capabilities or anything, but in this they kind of But it makes that. sense in this. They kind of show that she has. she's at least a skilled fighter. Like, she has some skills. But also it makes sense in this as well. Like, even if she had no skills, why they would send her in. And like I said, all the, all the characters make sense. Um, Bloodsport, which is Idris Elba's character, I thought he was really good. I like the back and forth between Bloodsport and Peacemaker. Yeah, they have a bit of banter. And Ratcatcher 2 was... There's one thing I'll say about her. She seems to be too nice of a character, but anyway. Yeah, why'd she go to jail? Yep. She is the heart and soul of the movie. And Rick Flagg, I really didn't care much about him in the first one. I thought he was, like, such a generic character. Like, he had nothing about him. But in this, he's actually... I actually liked him in this one. I thought he was was actually quite good in this. He's got a bit of, he's got a bit of character. My personal favourite was Peacemaker. I, I know why they're making a TV show off him, because he was... He was the best character in this movie. I did like him, but my, I think my personal favourite was probably... I actually liked... Uh, what's his name? King Shark? I like King Shark. King Shark's, yeah. King Shark's hilarious, but King Shark's basically like Groot. He's basically He's like Groot, Groot in this He's movie. Groot yeah. In the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like King Shark yeah. and I liked uh, Bloodsport. I like Bloodsport as well. Bloodsport was also, yeah. yeah. But Bloodsport was like the, if you were to say there's a main character, it's probably Bloodsport. And I did like Polka Dot Man as well. I feel like if there was one minor negative is they probably could have used him a bit more. He's in it, but he's sidelined a bit because it looks like he has some pretty cool powers none of the characters are bad and i kind of wanted all of them except maybe one character that felt a bit useless for me that's probably my only negative is there's this one character that's on the island that they go to and they meet her there and they kind of do a little bit of a side story with her which i didn't really care about yeah because there is this underlying there's the suicide squad story but there's this underlying story that's happening in the background which they're involved in but not directly involved in and that, yeah, I, don't, I know what you mean. That didn't, I didn't really care about that story that much. Um, it wasn't that important. And I think the other thing is it does, it's very energetic for about three quarters of the movie. But then towards the end of the movie, I was like, I was a little bit underwhelmed by the climax. I thought the climax was, was okay. It felt a bit easy. Yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah. I was expecting something different because the, the whole movie was leading up to something 
bigger, I thought, or something something more fun, something more entertaining. I felt like the the climax was just a normal climax, just a just a normal superhero climax. Yeah, I agree. Like the, it felt like the threat was huge, but then they deal with it relatively easily. <laughs> I don't have too much that I don't like about the movie. I thought it was very entertaining, great characters. Uh, great, great yeah. Oh, and it's dynamics. it's super funny. It's so funny. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Visually stunning. I'm th- definitely going to watch this again. Hopefully in the cinemas when we get a chance because I think it'll look great on a big screen. There's one scene in particular where, and it's just a small thing. Like they're walking through rain, but it just looks amazing. Yeah, I know the scene you're talking about. How jacked is John Cena in this movie? <laughs> he is, but so is uh, Joel Kinnaman. He's pretty big in this one. <laughs> He's big, yeah. but John Cena's like he's, yeah, I mean, huge. He's next level. Yeah. yeah, even yeah. Idris is uh, he's he's big. He's tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But John Cena just at the start there, he's in like his prison suit, and he just looks huge. He looks massive. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he's definitely so he's definitely big. And apparently there were so James Gunn's first choice, and we talked about this in Army of the Dead. His first choice was actually Dave Batista. Dave Batista for that role. Yeah. But Dave Batista was doing Army of the Dead, so he couldn't do it, and they got they got another wrestler, John Cena. I feel like John Cena would is more funny than Dave, Dave Batista. Batista. Dave, he's different kind of humor. Dave Batista is a different style of humor. Who do you think's the best wrestler turned actor? In terms of how good they are at acting, or just how successful they are? Oh, because if it's how successful they are, it's The Rock. It's the Rock. <laughs> But in terms of how much you like them. If if you had them all in, like, a room and asked them which one was the most charismatic, it would be The Rock. But I like John Cena and I like Dave Bautista as well. They're all charismatic in their own way. I think Dave Bautista's probably the least charismatic. I feel like John Cena's more of an alpha and then The Rock is even more of an alpha. Anything else non-spoiler? James Gunn likes having little cute characters in his movies. Yeah, there are multiple cute characters in this one. Little and big. Uh, the other thing is, I think he has, like, daddy issues, because in every movie he does, there's, there's always daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all- Or he just likes doing that. They all <laughs> revolve around some family dynamic. So, it's either daddy issues or sister-brother issues or something like that. But it makes much more sense in this movie. Like, they feel like much more of a team in this movie. And they feel like they actually sort of like each other. Like, they don't- In the first one, there's- I think El Diablo says something at the end. He's like, oh, I lost one family and I don't want to lose another one. I'm like, you don't even know these people. <laughs> like, It makes more sense in this movie. Like, remember in the first one where they all suddenly just, like, they don't need to, but they all suddenly team up and go fight Enchantress? And you're like, why? And then Captain Boomerang comes out of nowhere. In this one, it makes sense why they fight the big villain at the end. I was just going to ask if this is, do you think this is the best DC movie that we've got since uh, Man of Steel? So I think this is the best DC movie, but I don't think it's the best James Gunn movie. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a better movie, but I think this is the best. Yeah, I think it's the best DC movie for, for me, at least. I know there'll be people out there that like, I don't know, Justice League, Zack Snyder Cut or best like DC Man of Steel. Movie. But- like not DC, like all, not counting Nolan's. Yeah, DC. Nolan's. Yeah, DC EU. Yeah. yeah. The only one that comes close to me is probably Shazam. I thought Shazam was pretty good. But I like this better, frankly, than Shazam. And I actually do quite like Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think those two are the only ones that 
sort of come close to this. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see people saying Man of Steel's better or Zack Snyder's Justice League's better or even Wonder Woman, the first one's better. Or BVS. <laughs> yeah, there will be people, but we don't talk about those people. <laughs> but do, do you think it's the best James Gunn movie? No, I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is probably better. But I think this is better yeah. than Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 1's better, but Guardians 2 is not as good as this. Well, one one thing is for sure is it's definitely better than the first Suicide Squad. I don't think anyone will yeah, argue with that. Yeah, 100%. I get, it, it comes down to certain personal taste, I reckon, if you think it's your favourite movie. But I think this has rewatch value better than most DC movies. Like I said, it's not going to be for everyone because it is it is very violent and you know the style of humour and stuff maybe... It might not resonate with everyone. So I can see it's, it just depends on your taste, but it's it's probably got a smaller audience than, like, it's it will have a smaller audience than Shazam, for example. Like, most people could watch Shazam and have fun, but this this is probably a bit more restrictive. You shouldn't take your kids to watch yeah, this. Don't, yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. take your kids to watch it's, it's not a It's not a DC movie like uh, the one... You know, you you can't take your kids to watch this one. It's not it's not a normal superhero movie. Obviously, we give it a cognitive recalibration, both of us. Yep. I'm just thinking if this is probably this might be my favorite movie of the year so far. The other movies that I've liked this year are Zack Snyder's Justice League and probably Ryan the Last Dragon. Those are the other two that I really liked. And Space Jam. Oh yeah, and Sp- of course, Bloody. yeah, Space. <laughs> How did I forget yeah. that? <laughs> uh, and Snake Eyes as well, which we which we thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I think this is probably my favourite movie of the year. Yeah. But we're partial to superhero movies, so... That's true, yeah. And let's see if it ends with that, because there's some big ones coming. Have you realised the last quarter of this year is so packed with movies? It's stacked, yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens. There's Woody Harrelson doing Carnage, which which I'm looking yeah. <laughs> So we'll jump into spoilers. So this is the point where if you haven't seen The Suicide Squad, you should definitely go watch it and then come back here and listen to our spoilers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So how did you want to do spoilers? Like, we go through each character. I thought that might be a good way to do it. Before we talk about the characters, I think we should just talk about the first scene where... There is two Task Force X's in this movie. There's one with Idris Elba, uh, Bloodsport, King Shark, Peacemaker, Polka Dot Man, and Ratcatcher 2. And that's like the main team. And then there's a secondary team which has all these characters in it, most of them which I haven't heard of. But if you look at the if you look at the cast list, most of the cameos are from these guys. And these ones are basically just said to be sacrificed on the island, essentially. So I think Amanda Waller just sent Harley Quinn to get sacrificed. Ah, uh, okay. So she she didn't care about her. <laughs> she didn't care. Yeah. She's just there as a distraction. Yeah. But Rick Flag was on that team, though. Everyone on that team is there sent as a distraction. Because he's he's not a criminal, right? He doesn't have the chip in No. Him. He's just a commander. The first scene is definitely uh, quite brutal. Uh, and it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. It's funny where there's this character called Weasel, which they introduce in the first scene. Do you know what that r- reminded me of? Um, in Deadpool 2. This is a very specific scene in Deadpool 2. It reminded me of that. Ah, oh, yeah, when everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's X-Force, right? And, like, everyone dies. Everyone dies, yeah, except Deadpool. It, essentially, we, they they jump into the ocean to swim to this island, and Weasel dies straight away because he doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> like, before they even get into any battle, he dies. Like, he, just, yeah. he can't swim, so he just drowns and dies. <laughs> well, the movie's introduced, the first character that you see, and the first shot of the movie itself, I was just like, this already looks better than most of the movies I've seen this year because it starts with, like, a reflection of John Michael Rooker and he's, like, bouncing a ball or something and, it like, the camera turns. It's just a just a good way to start the movie. But it's funny because he's painted as such a badass in that first scene. Yeah. And he's just yeah. a coward. <laughs> and then everyone dies and he's a coward and tries to run away and gets his head blown up. <laughs> that whole, whole first scene, it kind of established, it established a lot of things. So, firstly, anyone can die in this movie, so don't get attached to any of the characters. The other thing it established is Amanda Waller is still a terrible person so it's not like a different character so she will she will kill someone if she needs to the two funniest characters were weasel and also nathan fillion's character arm fall off boy tdk or something tdk but in the comics he's arm fall off boy so essentially he could he could get his arms to fall off his body and they like float through the air, and it's like this huge scene. They like float through them. the air, and then he's just like lightly slapping guys <laughs> in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I think TDK is, like not even hard. It stands for the detachable kid. Yeah, movie. yeah. He's not even a kid though. He's like fifty years old, isn't he? <laughs> and when he dies, it's funny because they shoot his arms, and he's just on the ground without his arms, and he's just dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically everyone in this scene dies. So the first one is Weasel, but then Blackguard, who basically betrays them, he dies. Yep, 
he's he's Peter Davidson. And Captain Boomerang dies as well. TDK Savant, who's Michael Rooker. Mongal. Who so who was that? That's that the alien chick. That went on the that jumps on the helicopter. Yeah, she jumps on the helicopter and gets burnt alive. Captain Boomerang gets taken by the um the, the rotors of the helicopter. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, so he dies. He does a cool movie with his boomerang in before that. Before he dies. And Javelin Man? He's a guy with a javelin. Javelin Man dies. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Flula Borg, that's his name. Oh, okay. Like the, in real life. Yeah, the actor, the actor. And before he dies, he gives the javelin to Harley Quinn, but he doesn't tell her why. He, he dies before he could tell her why. You tell her why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of scenes where Harley Quinn could potentially have like a heartfelt moment. But James Gunn constantly reminds you that Harley Quinn's like a psychopath. She's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, the only two people that survive that are Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn. Everyone else dies. But Harley Quinn gets captured by the – they're on this island and the president there that recently did the coup wants to marry her. For some reason, he really – Because she's her. like an anarchist and he hates America, so – and that one scene was pretty good because it actually caught me like completely by surprise. I didn't expect that where she kills him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, they're going to get married and she's like into it. And then she just kills him. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, that was a shocking scene, but it was also quite a, quite a deep scene. Cause she talks about like, she basically talks about Joker and how her experience with Joker and how she sees red flags in anyone now because of Joker. So I thought that was, that was interesting. He's obviously weaved a lot of these characters' backstories, and a lot of, like all the characters have like traumatic backstories, all of them. So he's weaved that all in, and sometimes it is serious. Like in that scene, it was serious. Sometimes it's just for comedy, like Polka Dot Man's Polka Dot Man. Yeah, backstory. So Polka Dot Man, his mum. It's kind of tragic at a certain point as well, but his mum wanted him to be a superhero, so she like infected him with a in, intergalactic virus, interdimensional, and um, interdimensional. Sorry, yeah, and. Um, He's like she did on all his brothers and sisters, and some of them died, but he survived, and he hates his mum for that. That's basically his story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he sees his mum everywhere. That's right. He sees his mum everywhere. <laughs> now, the first, so before we know about his backstory, he just says something completely out of context. So like, it was just hilarious because he's like, oh, I just pretend they're, the, they're my mum and I can kill them. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> That's just so weird. Okay, whatever. But then you find out his um, backstory afterwards and it makes sense. But I'm like, just out of context, yeah, I was yeah. just like, okay. It was just random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy, what's his name? David? Dushamaloff or something. Yeah. So David, yeah. He's been in yeah. a lot of comic book movies. So he, I think he's- He's in Ant-Man. He's in Dark Knight. He's in this. He's in this. Apparently he's written comics and he voiced- he voiced someone in an animated movie as well. Yeah, he voiced Victor Freeze in The Long Halloween. And he's also in Flash? Or he's in one of those CW shows, I think. Oh, yeah, he's in, he's in The Flash, yeah, the CW show. I thought you were talking about the movie, but yeah, yeah, he's in the he's in the show. I think he's, uh, he's a mini Jimon Honso. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't die immediately. <laughs> 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 he does die though. He does die at the end though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one more thing about Savant. So apparently he is sort of an antagonist to Birds of Prey, and maybe that's why James Gunn. There's a lot of bird killing in this movie as well. 
by the way. But that's probably why James Gunn had the bird because firstly he kills a bird, but then when he dies, a bird comes and the bird comes and kills him. Oh well, eats him. Feast, feast on his carcass. A lot of these people have done press interviews and stuff. Like the people that die in the first scene, a lot of them are in the press interviews. So it's they're probably paid more for the press rather than for the movie because it would have taken like one day to shoot that. Yeah, yeah, because they were barely in it. Let's let's talk about Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport. So he actually, so this is where James Gunn's family dynamic theme comes in. So he's basically a bad father, and we first meet him when he's talking to his daughter. Like they obviously don't have a very good relationship because they're just like full on swearing at each other and just yelling at each other. The way he gets into Task Force X because he doesn't want to do it, but Amanda Waller says she'll send his daughter to jail if he doesn't do it because she like she stole a watch. She stole a TV watch. A TV watch, whatever yeah. That is. <laughs> Which, yeah, whatever that is, she stole that. Yeah, is that meant to be like? A, I'm guessing it's like like an Apple Watch. An Apple Watch. Maybe they they couldn't say that, so like a TV watch. It's funny, but it also adds a lot of depth to his character. But he's like, I'm just disappointed that you you stole something so stupid and got caught. He doesn't say she shouldn't be stealing. He's like, oh, you should have had a lookout before you stole it or something like that. So. He's not he's not a good father, but essentially that's how he gets t- and then you find out he had a even worse father down the track. But he becomes kind of like a father figure for Ratcatcher too, who had a great father, but her father died through a heroin overdose. Also Taika Waititi, nice cameo. So I didn't know it was Taika Waititi until the very last scene where you see him. Did you notice him? Yeah, I, I knew it was him. Because I was I saw Taika Waititi in the starting credits. I'm like, who the hell is Taika Waititi in this movie? And I looked at every specific character to make sure it wasn't him. There's a reflection, and you see him in the reflection, and you can tell it's Taika yeah, Waititi. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. In the reflection part, I didn't tell. I couldn't tell it was him. But at the end, you, you, see, you actually see him. So I was like, oh, it's, why do they get him for such a minor character? But... Yeah, apparently he was also the voice of Starro, which we'll get to, who's the main villain in this. So Ratcatcher and Bloodsport are kind of linked together. That she's She lost a father. He's not a great father. They grow as a character through that, and he, like, protects her, um, and she makes him a better person. <laughs> yeah, well, she makes basically everyone in the team, except probably Peacemaker, a better person. She's basically in jail because she robbed a bank. And her powers are she can control rats, essentially. She can she control rats. And she's got this little cute she's got this cute Sebastian. rat that's with her all the time. Sebastian, yeah. yeah. Like He's cute. always waving at people. Yeah. So <laughs> there's this part when there's a part when they meet this person and, sh- and she's like, Is that rat waving at me? <laughs> and then Rick Flag's like, Yep. And then she's like, Why? And Rick Flag's like, I guess he's friendly. <laughs> 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 so in the team there's I guess we should talk about Peacemaker as well but before we get to that I just want to mention so Amanda Wall keeps threatening Peacemaker that she's going to put his daughter in jail and we get a little bit of a Bloodsport what, what, blood what did I say? You said Peacemaker okay, Bloodsport not, yeah. not Peacemaker Bloodsport his daughter in jail and we get a bit of a a lesson in law as well. Apparently in Louisiana, you can go to actual jail if if you're older than 16 or something. But anyway, she keeps threatening him about that. And the people around her, they keep asking her whether she's actually going to do it. And She's legit. She's 100% going to do it. <laughs> and she, yeah. she, it, it's kept obscure whether she would do it. But I think it's implied that she probably would. Yeah. She's just a bad person, so she would do it. Yeah. 
so in one scene with Amanda Waller, which you wouldn't have seen in definitely in the previous Suicide Squad, she's just playing golf in the office in in a downtime. So like she obviously has a bit of a personality. Like she's not just like this crazy lady. So they established that, but she is still crazy. The other thing about Bloodsport is I thought he's he he doesn't have powers as per such, but he's kind of like like this really skilled marksman. But his suit was really cool. Like he makes guns out of his suit. Yeah. Like each part of his suit is like a he can pull it off and attach it and make a gun. Yeah, and it was it was cool. Yeah, and essentially he's in he's in jail because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. With a kryptonite bullet, yeah. Which is actually straight from the comics. He actually does that in the comics. But there's a part at the end where he makes this huge gun out of his suit and he keeps putting parts on it. I thought it was cool. And his helmet yeah. was pretty cool as well. Like he has like yeah, his helmet's cool. Yeah, he has like little. Fangs or something on his helmet, which is kind of reminded me of uh, Peter Quill's helmet because it like comes it comes over the same way, but he like puts it on the back in it. So he joins the list of skilled shooters with helmets. So there's Deadshot, Deathstroke, and Peacemaker, <laughs> and Peacemaker as well. Yeah, yeah. So Peacemaker essentially he's this he's the funniest character for me in this movie. He's 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 hilarious. So he he wants to make peace. He wants peace, but he'll do anything to get peace. So he'll kill anyone. He'll do anything. He'll he'll blow up a building. He'll kill anyone possible to maintain peace. (laughs) So he's essentially crazy. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And it's funny when he's introduced. So first she recruits Bloodsport and she goes through each of his team members. And the first one she goes to is Peacemaker. And just like two minutes before, she's talking to her team about Bloodsport's backstory. She's like, uh, his father groomed him from a young age to become a killer. And then when she introduces Peacemaker, she says exactly the same thing. And it's like, what are you talking about? You said we all had diverse skills. This guy is exactly the same as me. Which he essentially is. He's like the same skills, the same guy. He's the same skills, yeah. <laughs> Except he's crazy. But yeah, it's hilarious uh, the legs he goes to to create peace. <laughs> One thing I'll say about Peacemaker is he's. he feels like he's the only character in this that is basically irredeemable. Like he's, he's actually a bad guy, apart from maybe Amanda Waller. But he's the only one that doesn't have... Like a moment, he doesn't get better as the movie goes on. Yeah, he's always well. Actually, you find out progressively that he's actually a pretty bad guy as the movie goes on. Well, I I don't think he gets worse. I think it's just that's him. But yeah, he essentially does whatever it takes to get peace. He's he's a badass though. He's he's probably equally as a badass as uh, Bloodsport. There's a there's a scene where they ambush a camp or something. So there's like this yeah there's like this rebellion camp that's trying to overthrow the government. And they capture Rick Flag, but little do they know they're working with Rick Flag. So they, they're rushing the environment, think he's captured, and they want to save him. But he's just like he's just chilling with them. But they kill everyone, <laughs> <laughs> like him and Bloodsport go and kill everyone, literally everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a bit of a competition between them in that scene as well because there's a funny line where it's like, oh, no one likes to show off, and it's like they do when you're showing. What did, what did it say when you're showing dope? It's like when you're showing off something super cool. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like super badass or something. I think it's super And then dope. Bloodsport's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, super dope. And then Bloodsport's like, shit, he's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then they go meet Rick Flag, and they're like, and this is where that other character comes in, the one that's not really that important. Apparently there's this backstory about this kingdom where they, they've been slaughtering innocent people or whatever, and there's um there's a small group of people that are rebelling against the the current government, essentially. 
Yeah, and then and then so there's this lady who's the leader of them, and she's like, "Oh, why didn't any of my people? Why, why didn't any of my people tell me that we were getting invaded?" And she looks outside, and all of them are dead. But she's like, "Yeah," she still forgives them because she's like, "Oh, I'd um." She has no choice. I'd make a deal with the devil to uh, bring down the government. So essentially, she'll work with these these people. We haven't talked much about King Shark, played by Sylvester. Well, Steve Agee plays the character, like the physical form of the character. But Sylvester Stallone does the voice, and he's dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's dumb. He's, yeah, well, he's basically Groot, essentially. I've got a bit of trivia on on this. As for how James Gunn got Sylvester Stallone to voice him, so he apparently Gunn said, uh, "I wrote a role for you in the Suicide Squad. It won't take too much of your time." Stallone replied, "Oh yeah." To which Gunn said, "Yeah, it's a big kind of chubby human eating shark." To which Stallone said, "Anything for you, brother." <laughs> it's pretty easy to convince him <laughs> yeah yep well he probably recorded it at his home on his phone so yeah. but yeah he's basically like a big he's basically the hulk but really dumb because he's really strong like you can shoot him you can shoot like a thousand bullets at him and he's fine but he's really dumb he's <laughs> really dumb and he's one of the few characters that doesn't die because basically he can't die. A building gets dropped on him and he still stays alive. But yeah, he makes he makes friends with Ratcatcher too. Uh well there's one part where he's about to eat her and they, they all find him and they, they kinda of confront him and then he's like, Oh, if you're my friend then I won't eat you. She makes him a better person. Because he doesn't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part with him though was when you first meet him and he's reading a book upside down. Yeah. And then he's like, King Shark read book. <laughs> <laughs> Very good book. <laughs> and he's, they they sort of explain his backstory. So he's a descendant of a shark god or something? Yeah. Obviously, there's got to be some crossover with Aquaman, right? Uh, I'm guessing, yeah. They all kind of added lace. Other than Polka Dot Man, everyone else in that group survived. Oh, Rick Flag dies as well. Yeah. Because Peacemaker kills him. And Peacemaker yeah. supposedly dies, but he doesn't. One character that I knew would survive was actually Harley because I'm like, they're not going to kill Harley Quinn. So I definitely knew she would survive. But everyone else, I was like, yeah, anyone can die. I actually thought Polka Dot Man would survive, but he dies. I thought he would as well, but he dies. (laughs) He dies and he does the most heroic thing he's done and then he dies straight away. (laughs) So the one thing I was a little bit disappointed with was I thought we'd see like just like a massive Polka Dot explosion or something and they like kick kills most of Starro, that would have been cool, but we don't really see much from him. They show that he has his condition. Like if he doesn't if he doesn't exhaust his polka dots, it starts like killing him. Like they start consuming him. And they, they kind of explore that for a bit. But then once he explains it, they don't ever show it again. I think it's implied that he's just getting rid of the, the polka dots. But it would have been nice if they sort of followed that up a bit. Because I thought there might be a situation where he, he like he waits so long that he has so many on him and then he has to, like, let them all go and, it, like, it's like an explosion. Yeah. There was one good scene. Well, there's a lot of good scenes, but there was one good scene where all the team get together and they just have a drink in a in a bar. There's one cameo in the bar as well, actually. That, did you notice this one? It was Mantis. Oh, Pob Clementine. Mantis. Yeah, she was like a dancer in the bar. Yeah. I thought she was going to be a character because I'm like, oh, that's Pob Clementine. But then she doesn't say anything. <laughs> she's this, she's only in like one shot, so well, one, a couple yeah. of shots. Oh, there's one character we haven't talked about yet. The thinker. The the thinker. Yeah, he basically works for the government trying to control Starro. He's a bad guy, essentially. Starro kills him. <laughs> he was okay, but he probably could have been better. I mean, he wasn't in it that much. 
they do expose that this was also run by, or at least some of it was partially run by the US government as well. Yeah, so it's kind of like Starro is an intergalactic being that the US government bring back to Earth and they don't want to experiment him on him on US soil, so they hire, like, they hire the government. Where, where are they? Quarta? Some, it's some Quarta Latisse or something? Yeah. It's some, some island. Quarta Maltese or something like that. What language are this? Is it Portuguese? Yeah, Portuguese, I think. It, it's, it looks like it's somewhere around Cuba. Do they speak Portuguese in Cuba? I thought it was Spanish, but I could be wrong. I may be wrong, but I think Bain is from that island, but that might be, that might be wrong. You might need to look that up. But anyway, uh, they hire the government there to do research on Starro so they can weaponize him. And that's what Peacemaker's mission is to destroy that evidence. But Rick Flagg wants to release it, so they fight and he kills him. Yeah, he kills Rick Flagg and then Bloodsport kills Peacemaker, or supposedly. I, I, I still don't know how he survived that. It doesn't make sense. So in the post credit scene, we'll jump to that quickly. In the- Maybe he's like superhuman in, in some ability, so... Maybe. Well, he got shot in the throat, so <laughs> I don't know. Basically, they in the in the post-credits scene, they're just setting up for the Peacemaker series where they find him alive and he's, he's recovering in ICU. So James Gunn's directing some of that series. He's directing five episodes. Yeah, I think the- he wrote all the episodes and he's directing most of the episodes. So that should be good because, yeah, the Peacemaker character was, was good. He wasn't my favourite character, uh, but he was he was good anyway. Like it's not like he was a bad character or anything. He was he was well done. Um, anything we missed? Oh, Weasel's alive. <laughs> oh yeah, Weasel's alive. That was was that a post credit <laughs> scene? Oh, it's like straight after the movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Weasel, like the movie finishes and then it's yeah. Weasel's still alive. Yeah, yeah. So Savant is not only a coward, but he doesn't also know how to diagnose if someone's dead. How to check heart? Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't know where Weasel's heart was. Yeah. Well, he's literally yeah. just a a big weasel, right? Yeah, yeah. I did like the fight scene between Rick Flag and Peacemaker. I thought that was pretty good. Pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's when I realized that uh, Rick Flag's. Pretty buff as well. He's pretty big. I thought Starro was whatever. Like okay, yeah, like I said earlier, I didn't think it was that great. After they introduced that whole Starro thing, it started to get a bit more generic. After that, I did like the part when he makes the gun, though. That was after the Starro part, but I did like that part. Do you remember yeah. Milton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this random guy that just gets killed. Yeah, because I saw hilarious. him. I'm like, yeah. when they yeah. go into this bunker. Why is this guy here? Like, yeah. I was like, why, wait, why is this guy following them? Yeah. This is not good. Like, he, he's just a guy. He doesn't even have any skills. He's just a normal guy. And there's a funny scene where um, I think Harley's like- Harley thinks blood sports Milton at the end. In the end. And then, well, there's also a scene where um, Milton dies. And then Polka Dot Man's like, Milton died. And it's like, who's Milton? Yeah. <laughs> like, was Milton with us all this time? <laughs> well, Bloodsport, Bloodsport's like, Milton was here? And then Harley's like, who's Milton? <laughs> there was good humor sprinkled throughout. Like, there's one scene where before they actually go on the mission, and Amanda Wallace is showing them what they need to do. And she's like, is there any questions? And the first question she gets is, what's that? Which is, she's asking, Ratcatcher 2 was asking what the overhead projector is. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then Char- uh, King Shark's like hand. <laughs> no, the, the peacemaker's question. It's like star is another word. It's a slang term for anus. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that relates to anything? 
Oh, and he's like diligently taking notes as well. He's, he's like, taking notes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I'd, I'm definitely keen to watch it again once the cinema's over. The team, the team dynamics just makes it like everyone's interactions together. Like the villain was weak, and that's like the worst part of the movie, but it's... Uh, and the same as Guardians 1, the villain's weak, exactly, but yeah. the team dynamics kind of makes it a better movie. Yeah. So It was definitely very reminiscent of Guardians 1 in terms of how I felt about it. It's got the music like Guardians 1 as well, but not as much of the music. It's what they wanted Suicide Squad to be in 2016, five years ago. Yeah. I would be keen to see him do another one with a different team. I, I don't think he is going to do it. But I'd be keen to see just like a completely different roster and him doing it again. Because James Gunn's the only one that's worked, apart from Joss Whedon actually, that's worked on both Marvel and DC. And they asked him what the difference was. And he said Marvel, and it's pretty obvious when you think about it, but Marvel is both the studio and the producer. So like Kevin Feige gets involved in everything. Whereas here, it's Warner Brothers is a studio and the producer is like someone else. Like it's not a direct relation. I think the the main difference, what I would say is that at Warner Bros, he'll be allowed to do whatever he wants to do. At the moment. Uh, with anyway. no consequences. Yeah. yeah. But at Marvel, there's a strict kind of pathway that they want to follow and they have a, they have a plan in terms of where the characters need to be. So he probably can't put them where he needs them to be sometimes. Well, there's certain boundaries, I think, with because there's an overarching story for Marvel. I think if you want to make a cinematic universe work, you kind of have to do that. Otherwise, you end up with a Star Wars situation. <laughs> yeah, but I think he still gets freedom in Marvel. It's just that there's certain guidelines you yeah, have to follow. It has to be the character ends up here at the end. Whatever happens in the middle is fine, but he ends up here at the end. It's pretty much... But I think with that third Guardians movie, because I think... That's the last one. I think he can do whatever he wants with that. Creative freedom. Yeah. It won't be R-rated or anything, but... I don't think it needs to be. Like, Guardians 1 was just as funny as this movie, and it wasn't R-rated. So, I don't think it needs to be R-rated. For me, the violence is not a big deal. Like, it doesn't have to be that violent. There's there's some cool parts with the violence, though. Like, King Shark rips a guy in half. I guess the, it's just brutal. I think for this movie, it made sense because it emphasized the fact that anyone can die, and they can die in the most brutal ways. But for a Guardians-type movie or any Marvel movie, I don't think you need it. It'll be interesting to see how they do Deadpool, actually, in Marvel. This is, like, Deadpool-esque in terms of some of its stuff, so... Yeah, that that first scene is very reminiscent of the Deadpool, the Deadpool X-Force scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I've gone through most of the trivia already while we were talking about it, but John Cena described Peacemaker as a douchebag Captain America. Yeah, that's basically what he is. Do you, do you, have you seen Watchmen before? The show or the movie? The movie. The movie, yes, yeah. So, do you know the comedian in that? Yes. Yeah, so that character is based off Peacemaker. Initially, Alan Moore came to DC and he said, I want to use a lot of your minor characters to make this to make this comic book I have an idea for. And they said no. So, he just made the comic book anyway and just renamed the characters. Because Peacemaker is quite an old character. And I looked at some of the comics that Peacemaker's been in and- the costume that he has in this is exactly the same as the, as the comic book costume. It's just, it's essentially like they've just brought it from the page to to the screen. That's why it looks so ridiculous. <laughs> it looks, yeah, it looks very ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it works though. It definitely works. So before James Gunn signed on to do this movie, and we talked about this gentleman last week, Sean Collette Sarah, who directed Jungle Cruise, he was considered, but he was directing Jungle Cruise, so he couldn't do it. Oh, okay, yeah. 
he would have done a decent job, but he wouldn't have done as good as James Gunn. Yeah. Oh, it would have been like a different different kind of movie. Uh, it would have been thematically different, but he's coming back anyway. He's doing a decent movie anyway. He's doing, he's Black, doing Adam. Black Adam. He's doing Black Adam, yeah. So he, he hasn't really missed out on too much. So Idris Elba was initially meant to be Deadshot, but they changed his character to be Bloodsport. It's kind of like Deadshot-esque. It's basically Deadshot. Yeah, because he has a daughter as well, doesn't he? In the first, he one. does, yeah. And Batman yeah. brutally bashes him up in front of his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure he does. Oh, he, he arrests him. I don't think he brutally. Yeah. He doesn't brutally bash him up. He arrests yeah. him. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the R-rated version, maybe where they. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a that's your head cannon. <laughs> in your head, he brutally bashed him and then arrested him. <laughs> Margot Robbie said she'll play Harley Quinn as long as possible, as she loved playing her in all the DC movies. Yeah, she's, as usual, good. Everyone in this movie is good. There's no one that is, like, disappointing. We'll have to see where Harley Quinn comes back, though. Like, which movie would she come back? Yeah, if anything, she might not, so... Because the Batman movie they're doing now is not in this universe. Nah. The film was shot with IMAX as well. Apparently, it's... The first R-rated movie that will be filmed entirely in IMAX. And that's why it looks so good. Like I said, we watched it on streaming. It looked great on my screen, but I'm I'm sure it will look amazing on the on the big screen. Mm. Well, I only watched it in 1080, so... Yeah, same. I only watched it in 1080 as well. So it probably looks even better. So we'll just have to wait for the cinemas to reopen and we'll see. Yeah, whenever that would be. So if cinemas don't reopen next week, we're going to do Free Guy, aren't we? If they do... If, if, they, if cinemas don't, if do, yeah. But if they don't open, is there any way we could watch Free Guy? No, because that's not going to streaming anywhere. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. No Disney Plus. It's No, it's not going to Disney Plus. It's, yeah, it's not going to be anywhere. So we're going to have to do something else if we if we can't. Yeah. If we can't watch it next week. Yeah. Fingers crossed we might be able to, but it's probably looking so. unlikely yeah. at the moment. I don't think so. So if you're looking forward to our Free Guy review, we, we might not be doing it. Yeah. We could maybe do a review of the first What If episode, which coming coming out on Wednesday. We could. It's just because there's going to be like nine other episodes. I don't know if it's worth us doing just a full podcast. Just, just the one. Just one episode. We'll figure something out. We'll we'll do something because we've got we've got a couple of weeks free anyway, so we can put free guy in those free weeks uh, once we go back out of lockdown. But um, yeah, we'll figure something out. If you guys have any suggestions for us, we'd. Uh, We'd be happy to look in, look into that. So if people do want to give us suggestions, how do they go about it? What a segue. That's the best we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you can contact us on any platform at Cognitive Recalibration or email us at Cognitive Recalibration Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so I'll put the links to all of those down below. If you do want to support the podcast, you can do so via giving us a good review on your podcast streaming service. So, yeah. We'd prefer. I mean, we don't have any preference. But if you're if you're doing if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a review on iTunes. And I know Podcast Addict and uh, Stitcher have a mechanism where you can give us reviews as well. If you are listening to us on Spotify, and I know most of our audience is on Spotify, I think all you have to do is just listen to our episodes till the end, and it registers as a download, which then goes into their algorithm and makes us more discoverable. I enjoyed Suicide Squad. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it again. We'll uh, probably on rewatch. We'll probably have more thoughts that we can uh, that we can give people. We can dive into a bit more. 
I guess we can definitely say that this is the good one. Yes. Yeah. When we refer to the good Suicide Squad, it's uh, it's this one. And then the other one's the Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. So, Yes. Yeah. Unless this one wins an Oscar, then, then we can't say that. But Martin Scorsese probably has something to say about that, so <laughs> just check his Twitter. <laughs> cool. Okay, so next week we'll be doing something. We'll figure it out. We'll do a Martin Scorsese movie and compare it to this. Yeah, why not? We'll do yeah. what's a movie he's done, Gangs of New York. Or Irishman. The Irishman, yeah. Apparently that movie is like three and a half hours long or something. Apparently it's long. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> By all accounts, it's good. Everyone that's seen it says says it's good. Maybe we should do a Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Martin Scorsese tier list. I haven't seen. Yeah, let's series, do it. Though, but yeah. I haven't seen a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. He directed Shutter Island, didn't he? Yeah. He's Wolf of Wall Street. Is that him as well? Yeah, he did Wolf of Wall Street. Pretty sure he did Shutter Island as well. Well, if this episode is anything to go by, we are wrong with we're wrong about a lot of Martin Scorsese's <laughs> yes. facts. <laughs> James Gunn, Martin Scorsese bashed Marvel to get press for The Irishman. Oh, that was the initial tweet. That was the initial tweet. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've come full circle. We've come back to the story. <laughs> that's We've come back thing. to my clickbait story. When, when I searched Martin Scorsese, that was the first thing that came up. Evidently, I'm not the only person that reads clickbait articles. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. All right. I guess we'll leave it here then. Anything else? Nah, that's it. All right. Well, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoy watching Suicide Squad when you, if you haven't already watched it. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Keyword, the. And we'll see you all next week. Hope you're all staying safe. Yep. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.